Good morning, Missaga City Baptist Church family. Greetings from Lebanon. It has been a long time since we visited you. But let us pray we will be able to see you in person when we visit Canada this coming summer. We are doing fine by God's grace and because of your prayers and support. And we are really appreciate our partnerships over the years. It is indeed a pleasure to share God's word with you this morning. Today is a special day. Of course, not because I'm preaching, but it is Sunday, the day when we gather as one family to worship our Heavenly Father. What is really special about this day is that we are all welcomed into his house, and none of us can boast of having the right to be here today. We are all indeed strangers, and he welcomed and invited us to be part of his family. What a privilege! But this is also a special day because you are welcoming Marcelia in your midst today. I know that it has been a long process of sponsorship, especially during a very critical time of COVID. But we praise God for His goodness throughout this process. Almas and I are very grateful to you all for your contribution in one way or the other throughout this process. As you have read, our devotion this morning is taken from Deuteronomy 10 and Ephesians 2. I am sure you have noticed how many times the words alien and stranger appear in these passages. Therefore, I would like to reflect more on these words this morning as we try to learn how can God work in and through our lives as we help support or welcome a stranger or a refugee, whether as individuals or as a church. The title for my sermon this morning is this, Remember Your Life in Egypt. Remember Your Life in Egypt. As you know, I am originally from Egypt. I left Egypt about 20 years ago. When I remember my years in Egypt, I have good memories, and I also have difficult ones. In any case, when I look back, I can see how God was working in my life in all circumstances. Personally, I never been a refugee in the technical uh, meaning of the term, but my wife, Almas, did. She's from Iraq. And it took her about 10 years living between Yemen, Jordan, Egypt, and Lebanon before arriving um, to Canada as a refugee. I am sure you can imagine what it takes for someone like Almas or Marcelia and what they have been through before they arrived to Canada. I, however, lived more a life of a stranger when I first moved to Canada in 2005. A new land, new life, new culture, new church, and new friendships. 
I will share more about this later. But when I remember those days, there is a lot to be grateful and thankful for. I am sure some of you, or maybe all of you, can relate easily to what I will be sharing this morning. You may have personally experienced the life of being a refugee or a stranger. For example, when you at some point in your life were persecuted because of your race, religion, nationality, or when you moved into a new stage in life, when you felt this is a new land and you didn't really know what to do, or you may might have helped in some ways someone who has been through a time of a change in his or her life. But if we go back to scripture, we find that God in Exodus and Deuteronomy encourages his people to remember their past living in Egypt as strangers, aliens, or oppressed people. And based on this act of remembrance, they should live and act today. God is reminded Israel of its history of mistreatment as strangers in the land of Egypt. We need to remember that back then, and here I quote, no government welfare system existed in Israel. It was the responsibility of the covenant community, each Israelite, to contribute his share of the welfare burden personally, to avoid personally any discrimination against the needy in any way, and to treat all those in need or of limited resources as a brother and sister, virtual family members. Here, I would like to share or reflect four points to the ministry of strangers, aliens, or refugees. First, when God brings into our lives refugees or strangers to care for, he indeed recalls to memory our past, and we also remember his hands working in our lives in many wonderful ways. Sometimes we forget what it means to be a stranger or a refugee. So when we remember our past, we feel more with those who are going through similar experiences of ours. We remember how we were treated, whether in a good way or a bad way. So if we were treated badly, this brings back to memory wounded feelings, and thus we try to avoid treating others the same way we were treated. And if God sent in our ways those who were a blessing to us, we also remember the differences those people have made in our lives and try to make a difference in the lives of those we meet on a regular basis. Second, when we bring into our lives, when God brings into our lives a stranger or a refugee, what we actually do is extending God's goodness to this person as God extended his goodness to us in the past. 
let me tell you that when you give someone like Marsilia, for example, and before Marsilia, it was Almas and I, sponsored by another Canadian church. When you give this person the opportunity to come to Canada, you give them a new life. We give them a new hope. We help this person to experience the hand of God reaching out to him or to her and to deliver this person from the land of despair. People are desperate and they are crying out, come over and help us. We as a family are very grateful to God and to you all for welcoming Marcelia in your midst today. Praying with Paul that may our Lord fully satisfy and meet all your needs according to his riches in glory in Jesus Christ. I remember when I first arrived to Canada, I told Almas after a few months living there that indeed I am not worried about our future here. She looked at me and said, why? My answer back then was, and still today, that though we don't have any family members who live here, we have the church. The church is our family. And the church has been a caring and supportive family to us over the years. And this is what made all the differences in our lives. We were able to adjust well because of the church. We were able to raise our kids with no other family member around because we have that church. We were able to, or I personally was able to finish my master and my PhD last year because of the support of that church. And we are here in Lebanon serving God because of the church. You you who are listening, because of your prayers and support, we are here today. So, indeed, our personal story is the story of God working in and through our life, through the church. In other words, our life witnesses to the work of God through His a church. Third, when God brings a refugee or a stranger into our lives, we are all reminded of the fact that we are all invited to be part of God's family by His grace. Isn't this what Paul is trying to say to the church in Ephesians chapter 2? There, Paul remind the church of its past as well as of its identity in Christ today. Paul was trying to address the question of who we are as a church. Paul answers this question by simply saying, We are a group of aliens and strangers from various places and different ethnic backgrounds whom God welcomed into his family by his grace. Indeed, Paul reminds all of us of our identity in Christ. We were at some point in our lives 
refugees and strangers. And all the privileges you and I have today is because God, by His grace and mercy, adopted us into His family. I would like to ask you now to do a favor for me. Please look at the person beside you. I know there is a distance because of Corona, but you can yell and shout and tell this person, you were a stranger, you were an alien, and because of God's grace, we are here today. When I first arrived to Lebanon, I decided one day to go and worship in one of our church campuses, where the majority are Syrian refugees. At the door stood a young lady with a hijab, head covering, welcoming me. I went into the church, but during the worship time, I had this strange and mixed feelings. Part of me is happy and excited to have a lady with a hijab welcoming me at the door. We have been praying for this moment for a long time, and now we see it in front of our eyes. A church full of people from non-Christian backgrounds who knew Jesus Christ as their Savior. But with this excitement, there is another feeling of pride. Why? Because I felt we are the owner of the church. It is our home. So, we should be the ones who welcome and serve the, those people. Here, I have remembered the fact that we are all actually strangers. There is no differences between someone like this lady who is coming from a Muslim background wearing hijab and someone like you and I who grew up in the church. I also remembered that I am not the owner of the church. He, Jesus Christ, is. And we are all here, a group of strangers who were adopted into God's family just by His grace and by grace only. Today, Almas and I serve in a church where Almost 60 to 70% of its members are Iraqi and Syrian refugees. It is indeed very encouraging to see their faith in Christ. As their number grew, there is a need for more people to walk this journey of discipleship alongside them. But there is more need to train some of them to become leaders of their tribes, group, or to lead small groups at home. I personally have a group of 15 people meeting every Thursday to chat and to discuss some topics related to their ministry and to their life. The most challenging thing at the moment is to try to stand alongside those leaders in this critical time where the country or where the economy system is collapsing in Lebanon and the local currency lost its value and the prices went up crazy. This is not to mean to ask for extra 
financial support for them, though they need it. But I'm trying to ask the question of how can those leaders who are struggling support various group members as they struggle as well. Please, I want to invite you this morning to pray for those leaders. Pray for wisdom, encouragement, strength as they continue serving God during this critical time. Fourth and finally, when God brings a refugee or a stranger into our lives, He changes us, not just them. When we care for a stranger or a refugee, we learn more how to give, not just money, but time. We learn how to think and care about others. We learn how to break the walls between the two divisions, them and us. We learn how to grow to be like God in Christ, who sponsored us into his family and who became brothers and sisters in Christ. We learn how to give hope, life, new opportunities to people who lost it all and maybe they were about to give up life as they doubt everything around them. But most importantly, we grew in reflecting the character of a living and caring God to those who are in deeds. Sorry, in needs. We also learn how to pray of countries where people are suffering. We may unconsciously try sometime to help this new member of our church or new commerce to Canada to be like us, to speak like us, to wear like us, and you can name it. By doing so, we encourage this person to forget their past and to forget about back home and just think more about the new life they now have here in Canada or with us in the church. I would like this morning to encourage you to do the opposite, to encourage newcomers to Canada or someone new coming to our church, someone like Marcelia, to continue thinking about back home when it is possible. Why and how? Let me start with the why question, simply because the people back home still need us and we are, as newcomers and refugees, can be of a great help to them. Our old friends, even in Canada, the people whom we left behind because they don't know Christ yet, they still need us and we can be of a great help to them. How? Encourage this newcomer to share with you their stories from back home, ask him or her to share more about their culture. Encourage this person to bring updates from back home and as a church we pray for his or her country. Encourage this person to use their gifts, not just inside the church, 
but also to serve their own people back home when it is possible. A good example, encouraging newcomers to go in a short-term mission to continue serving or using their gifts to serve their people back home. So, God brought many people into our lives, not to keep them, but to equip them to go back. Let me end by my story. I remember well my first meeting with one of our deacons from the church. We got together and he asked me the classical question. What is your plan and goals while in Canada? With little English I have back then, I was able to tell him that I want to go back home one day to serve my own people once again. He looked at me with some tears in his eyes and said, You young man, you warmed my heart with these words. And since then, he has been a great help to me, to us as a family. And he was really able to help us to accomplish what God has for us and to be able to go back home and to serve our people. Well, who are the people whom God brought into our lives themselves? And how are you, are we as a church, helping them to accomplish what God has in store for them? I pray this morning that Continue serving with strangers whom God brought into your lives. Let us God for them. Let us remember the fact that we were and we were welcomed into God's presence, His house, because He invited to come in and to be part of His family. Let us remember this morning we are all here just because of His grace. Let us remember those who have been a blessing to us and we thank God for them. Let us pray asking the Lord to help us to be a blessing to those whom whom He will send into our life. As a family, we are you in our prayers. And we are grateful to the Lord for your ongoing prayer and support. And let me finally affirm to you that we are here in Lebanon, able to serve, able to press on during this difficult time, just because of prayers, and we count on them. Amen.